Mahomes, timing route, down the sideline, it's caught, touchdown! Brady pumps, looking for Brown deep, and throwing for Brown. He's got it at the 30, the 20, the 10, the Patriots have won! Okay, welcome back to Touchdown with Tom and Will, and we have reached playoff football. It is episode 18, we will reflect on the final week of the regular season, but really we have fully hit playoff football. And what I think is actually my favourite weekend of the football calendar. I'll tell you why, because you've got these games where it's win or go home, and then you've got all these teams that are quality teams, quality matchups. We've got some divisional games that are in the playoffs, which is always exciting. Tom, what weekend we've got ahead of us? Uh, absolutely. And you didn't even realise it was on in a few hours' time. We've had to... Yeah, no, I thought it was all Sunday. <laughs> as we this kind of... Uh, mid-Saturday afternoon Tom's like there's a game at 6 I'm like oh crap <laughs> yeah we've had to uh, we've had to delay today, today this week's podcast because we've both been extremely busy crazily enough in the third lockdown yeah. of, um, of coronavirus the first lockdown obviously of 2021 um, and so that means that we're now recording on Saturday only a few hours before the action kicks off I'm thoroughly excited yeah and, and the, the action is kicking off with my uh, my bet to win the Super Bowl, which is Colts at Bills. That's my uh, my outside bet that I'm kind of really kind of hoping happens. Actually, uh, looking at these playoff matchups, we kind of worked out how, we think about how we're going to do this week, um, and we thought that it's not that we want to leave the regular season behind, but it is now the case that effectively 18 teams are irrelevant. You know, they're, they're out of the playoffs. There's draft implications, but we'll talk about those once the season's finished, and we're looking towards the draft uh, come the end of February, come March. So there's not a huge amount of point in that. But what we will do is we'll use last week's games to illustrate how the teams have reached the playoffs and how they've reached the matchups they're in today. Because obviously, um, saying tomorrow, because obviously there were games that were decided last week or positions that were decided last week by the matchups that took place. So Tom, do you want to take straight into the AFC first? Yeah, let's go straight into the through, AFC. Look through uh, uh, the games. Uh, might as well start with the first one we've got on our schedule, which is the Ravens going to the Titans. Now this is... One of, this is one of those wildcard games that I love. Because there's always a team that reach, reaches the wildcard stage you know, who didn't win a division I actually think is way better than, than, than... Well, not way better, but is a team that you would expect to win that division. And that's Ravens at Titans. They had an amazing end to the year. Didn't start particularly well. I, kind of like, I think they were like a four and three at one point. They weren't fantastic, but then they really plowed on towards the end. Uh, and finish 11-5. and five. And I think the fact that the Titans are three-point favourites here, and I think you were saying this before the start of the show, doesn't really feel like it's, it's uh, representative of the way the Ravens have been playing. Well, no, they've gone on a five-game winning streak. And we watched the Titans just about. Um, they, well, they made it really difficult for themselves when they took on uh, Deshaun Watson and the Texans in the last week of the regular season. Derek Henry ran for over 200 yards, racked up his 2,000th yard of the seasons he was fantastic but they really got pushed all the way and it wasn't for an absolutely outrageous play from um AJ Brown and Ryan Tannehill they wouldn't have won their division and they wouldn't be in this game against the Titans the commentator at the time said be careful what you wished for because in winning the division they now play against a hot hot Ravens side and the fact that the Titans are such heavy favorites I don't understand because I think the Ravens and the Bills are the two teams coming into the playoffs in the best form well, that, that's undoubtedly the case because if you look at if you look at the streaks, you've got the Bills have won their last six, the Ravens have won their last five. The next best streak in the AFC was actually the Chargers finished with four straight wins, and after that, no team's got one more than one game in a row. 
So a lot of teams, slightly, I mean, we saw the Steelers absolutely limp into these playoffs. Uh, the Chiefs doesn't really count because they obviously rested uh, a lot of their players um, for that last game. So maybe we don't count the Chiefs in terms of limping in. Um, but the Titans and the Colts didn't exactly charge in. Um, so I completely agree with you, Tom. I think entering the playoffs on a five-game winning streak is the ideal way to enter. Um, and being underdogs is even better. So I massively think the Ravens, uh, for me, are favourites to, to win this game at the Titans. Well, yeah. And Lamar Jackson versus Ryan Tannehill so much, so many times we sort of weigh up these battles between who is the better quarterback. And if the Titans offense, sorry, the Titan defensive line can't get to Lamar Jackson, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be carnage, I think. They absolutely tore up the Bengals in the last game of the season. I really like the Ravens in this game. And the fact that the Titans have a three-point three advantage, I guess, can only be the bookies thinking Derek Henry, if he gets going, no one can stop him. And also, remember back to last year when the Ravens were so hot and the Titans essentially just ran all over them on the way to a real big upset. Was that in the wild card or was that after the... No, so they beat the Patriots in the wild card, didn't they? Yeah. And they beat Ravens in the next round. But this is, a, yeah, an incredible matchup. Tomorrow at 6pm UK time um, and the first game of the AFC cannot wait for that yeah I think for me um, I mean Derek Henry also congratulations another 2,000 yard season um, just unbelievable I think he's the second player I think to do that in two consecutive years um, or maybe he's a third but both the others that have done it before have been in the Hall of Fame so it all, almost cements his place just because of how unstoppable he's been uh, these last two years. I guess the only reason they might be favourites of Titans is because they're at home field. That's yeah. all I can imagine uh, helps them a little bit. But yeah, for me, and we're both going to predict Ravens to win this one then. Yeah, wow. So that would be... <laughs> Can't wait to be proven wrong. <laughs> yeah, t- technically uh, an upset, I guess, because it is uh, the fifth seed versus the fourth seed, but not really um, uh, when you look at how good the Ravens have been over the last two years, um, especially in the form they are in. So the next game that we've got is Browns at Steelers, a divisional game in the playoffs, which is always what you want to see. A big, big rivalry. Rival- I'm terrible. Oh, a big rivalry. rivalry. <laughs> uh, uh, this one, uh, and one I'm very excited for. Steelers, six-point favourites, Tom. I know Big Ben's coming back, having been given last week off. Um, he's basically had two weeks off and protected that arm, which is, seems to be uh, very, very fragile. But I think six-points favourites is is big, given the way they finished the season. Well, you see, the big news coming out of the Cleveland camp this week, Will, is that Kevin Stefanski, my pick for Coach of the Year, who came in this year, obviously, and has turned this Browns team around now uh, into this 11-game winning team, he has COVID, and so he will not be Uh on the sideline. He's also their play caller, and we spoke about how the Browns' offense has really been transformed this year. Last year, they tried to throw way too much now, Baker's a bit more of a complimentary quarterback. So they use the run game mainly, and then they dial up the right plays for Baker for their wide receivers to get in on the action. And yeah, Kevin Stefanski has COVID. He's not, in the, he's not going to be there. Um, they obviously played each other last game of the season. The Browns needed to win to get into the playoffs. And the Steelers obviously, well, the only thing they had on it was maybe the two seed. So they, um, they rested loads of their players. But the Browns obviously gave them everything in that yeah. game, one by two points. And if I'm the Browns and I'm scheming for that game, I'm scheming to win. I'm, I'm not thinking, oh, I've got to hold some things back for the playoffs because you could not even get there. 
So I think the Steelers are thinking, we've seen your best shot against our, essentially our backups and you won by two. Now we're ready to really kick on in this playoff run. But the Steelers, we said how they got out to 11-0 and then sort of limped into the playoffs. Now we'll really see what they're made of. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, you're right. It's, it's not exactly like the Browns have charged him with that loss to the Jets. And then you're right. They did only beat a very weakened Steelers team um, by two points. It's not like either of these teams are entering in fantastic form. I don't actually expect either of them to go much further uh, after this round of the playoffs, to be totally honest. I mean, you're talking about them missing their play caller. Not in the NFL, but I think you remember I was watching um, that Ohio State versus Clemson game uh, yeah. last week when Clemson were missing their OC. Um, who does all their play calling. And they looked so lost, even with all the talent they had, with the fact they'd gone unbeaten and they had Trevor Lawrence and, the, you know, all of this, without having a proper the play, not, not just about having such a good play caller, but when you've had one play caller all season and he's so in tune with your yeah. offense, to then lose that, it's, it, it's more than losing a manager in any other sport, I think. Yeah, because well, Kevin Stefanski sort, of, sort of played down the role massively. He was like, oh, it's just reading and talking... Uh, Mike, Mike Pfeiffer, I think, is taking over the role uh, yeah. today. Who is the OC? So he's the offensive coordinator. So he'll be sort of in tune, obviously, but not quite as much as Kevin Stefanski has been all year. But <laughs> I think he's playing down the importance there massively. Well, oh, he doesn't want to make excuses, does he? But I think that was the same thing the Clemson coach said. He was like, well, yeah, I can, I can do it. I've played calls, you know, lots of my career. You know, I'm always involved in it. Like, you know, but you, you, they definitely, you can see the difference. Yeah. Um, difference in that so that is definitely a massive factor does that mean you're taking the Steelers Tom yeah I think so I think the only way the Browns are going to win this is if they can get Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt to really cut loose and the Steelers all year apart from maybe the running have been so good at containing that run that if you force Baker to throw I'm not sure even how many of their wide receivers are back from COVID because last game of the season oh Against the Jets, they had none of their receivers, did they? Maybe one. Yeah, they should be back by now, I think. You'd hope so, wouldn't you? So, I know Jarvis Landry had a pretty good game against the Steelers last time out. So, he's definitely back for Baker. Um, but I, I really think the Steelers... Six points, though? I don't know which way I'd bet, but definitely, if I was taking the winner, I am going to take the Steelers at home. The fact that they've already played them recently, they can dial up some... Um, they can learn from their mistakes or learn from what the Browns did well last time. And I think it's going to be a real uphill struggle for the Browns. First time the Browns have made the playoffs in 18 years, though. So a yeah, massive that... turnaround in three years from going 16-0, sorry, 0-16 three years ago to this. You've got to tip your hat to the Browns. Oh, yeah. It gives my Jets a little bit of hope. <laughs> you, you can turn it around. Um, but that, that's, that's definitely another story. But, um, yeah, it's it's... It's a tough one, this, because if the Browns win, it will be their like win of the century, effectively. Yeah. Because not only have they got to the playoffs, they're then beating their biggest rivals in a playoff game away from home. Like It would be a monumental achievement. Uh, and even I, who, who does like to kind of slightly hate on the Browns, uh, <laughs> would have to stand up and applaud. And without their coach. Oh. I just think Steelers at home with Tomlin and, and Roethlisberger, I just don't think in a playoff. They've got that experience in the playoffs. Yeah. I'm taking Steelers as well. You know, we're both taking the same pick uh, for those first two games, Ravens to beat the Titans and Steelers to beat the Browns. And the final game, which I think we'll both pick as well, is the first game uh, of the playoffs today at six o'clock, the Indianapolis Colts going to Buffalo, who are in incredible form. I mean, if Buffalo hadn't lost that game to Arizona with a Hell Murray, I think they would have been on a, 
a, a, an eight-game winning streak, a nine-game winning streak. Um, yeah, they would have and I just the love, they've absolutely cruised to the playoffs. And last week when you know they could have rested a lot of players, they could have lost to an informed Dolphins team that had to win, they blew them to pieces. I mean, I'm oh. just trying to find uh, the score, 56-26. It, it was, was an absolute annihilation. Brutal. It was brutal. Especially considering the Dolphins, with a win, would qualify for the playoffs. So they were up for it. They oh, were yeah. hyped. And then the Bills came out, with knowing that the Steelers were playing their backup quarterback. So the only thing on this game was the number two seed, which they might lose it to the Steelers. And knowing that the Steelers were playing um, Rudolph as their quarterback, the Bills could have easily checked the score um, at that game and sort of laid back maybe on their players especially when they went out to such a lead, but they didn't. They really, it, it looked easy for them. And that Dolphin side were 10 and 5. So that Dolphin side had been really good all year. One of our favourite teams to watch this year. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> tell you what, a, a team that we're loving in 2020 going into 2021 are the Bills with Josh Allen at the helm. Yeah, I mean, they've now won seven of the last eight games, like I said. All seven by ten plus points. My only worry, actually, with the Bills is they haven't been challenged um, <laughs> in a long time. They've beaten good teams on the way, so you have to say maybe they've just played really well. But they haven't had such a tough game. They haven't won a playoff game since 1995. Wow! Uh, having lost six straight, so they're another team who have got a big hurdle. The big news out of Buffalo is they will have fans, uh, only about seven eight thousand, I believe, um, but have fans. It'll be huge for them with their kind of first home playoff game in such a long time. I. I'm so hot on the Bills. Yeah. I, I, looking, at, looking at the teams, ignoring Kansas, obviously you've got the bye. I do think the Bills are the best team. I know that, that obviously uh, that makes sense with their seeding. But yeah, I think the Bills are the best team, the team that have got the biggest chance of getting a win um, at our head. So yeah, I think we're both just going to take the Bills, who are my 6.5 favourites. So, so the Bills, your sort of your outside take for the Super Bowl then? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Wow. I, the, I mean, their defense is, is, is rock solid. I think I love the connection they got Josh Allen. I love the fact that when he uh, he got the he got like something like ten or twelve rushing touchdowns, and it seems like teams never predict it. Yeah, even though he's proven that he is this dual threat quarterback, team the amount of times he rushes for kind of ten yards, twelve yards that get them over the line in tricky situations. Um, and I think they're rock solid. So yeah, the Bills are definitely my. I'm not even sure they're outside favorites anymore. I think they're probably like fourth or fifth favorites currently. We uh, talked about. We talked about teams who, uh, who slept on Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson in that draft. Tell you what, uh, Josh Allen going sixth overall in that draft with Cleveland passing up on him, Denver passing up on him, the Giants passing up on him, the Jets passing up on him. You've just shown how getting your quarterback pick correct and then working an offense to that quarterback can really change your franchise. And yeah, they're definitely, well, they got the number two seed after the regular season. Looking at these games that are going to be played over the next couple of days, they're definitely the best team in the AFC, not called the Kansas City Chiefs, who obviously yeah. have the bye. Um, and yeah, I think it's their combination of offense and defense with this dual threat quarterback. There, there was worries that Stefan Diggs, obviously, that's another, that's another thing. They've really worked hard to bring in players that, Help Josh Allen? Yes, unlike another team in their division. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So we'll get to that in a minute. So two years ago, they obviously brought in Cole Beasley, who was a bit of a slot receiver. Um, it gives him that sort of out, um, sort of a checkout throw, really nice, easy throw. 
And then last year, obviously, bringing in, well, this year, for this last season, for this year, uh, bringing in Stefan Diggs, giving that sort of over-the-top threat. Um, it just shows, yeah, with the right GM, the right coach, the right quarterback, all align one vision. That's, that's the, basically, that's the winning solution, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's complete about it. It's like there's no point, um, and I, I hate to return to, to how the Jets have failed over the last three years to give Sam Donald the position to succeed. But you look at what the other teams have done uh, in terms of the Ravens giving Lamar Jackson an unbelievable offensive line to help his run game. Mayfield, they gave three kind of top, top wide receivers um, to help his game in terms of, you know, if you're going to have a good, if you're going to have an arm that's not the most proven arm out of that draft, then oh, you're accurate. So we're going to give you wide receivers. And then, uh, like you say, with Josh Allen, every year they've improved his, his chances to be a good quarterback. And so he's improved on it. Not saying he hasn't improved himself, but you have to surround him with people that are going to help him succeed. That's the one thing the Jets haven't done at any point. They've traded away all their best running backs, all their best wide receivers, not improved the offensive line significantly. And, and so that's the situation they're left in. Whereas I completely agree. It's not just, you know, well done Josh Allen. It's the entire backroom staff and organization that should be applauded for they turn that franchise around. It's now being one of the strongest in the AFC. Well, yeah. And even if we move away from the Jets for a second to the Texans, for example, right, who have right. this outstanding talent. People are saying future Hall of Famer if he gets in the right team. Deshaun Watson managed to make the Pro Bowl, even though his team had a record of 4-12, and 12, the third worst record in the NFL. Deshaun Watson is the classic case of the, the, the franchise not being aligned to his needs, trading away his biggest weapon in DeAndre Hopkins. is absolutely obscene. And now with the GM uh, Bill O'Brien, GM and coach Bill O'Brien being... Uh, let go. The big news this week out of the Texans camp is that with their new hiring of their new GM, Deshaun Watson, who really wanted to be involved in the process, as I say, trying to get the quarterback, GM and coach aligned in the same vision. Deshaun Watson wanted to play a role in the, um, the hiring of the coach and the GM. Obviously not the final decision, but he wasn't included at all in the hiring of the GM, a guy out of um, New England. And that has led to rumblings and quite substantiated rumours that he's now thinking about asking for a trade, which would be mental. And what is he worth? Oh, honestly, like, so what? Jalen Ramsey went for two first-round picks. Khalil Mack was two first-round picks. To Sean Watson, franchise quarterback, potential Hall of Famer, quarterback, four, five? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, you, I mean you, you have to give first, you have to give second and third. But what are you going to find with those picks that's going to equate to what you can get out of Sean Watson? I mean, we're not trying to, you know, there's, there's a tendency when you're talking about the NFL to maybe possibly overvalue the quarterback position or, or over, overstate how important it is because, you know, the players that get talked about the most. But that's not the case with the Sean Watson when, when he's one of the generational ones, possibly one of the top kind of, well, he is one of the top eight quarterbacks in the league with the fact he's going to the Pro Bowl. To trade him away, uh, it's hard to put a value on him. You have to give players, you have to give quality, quality starting players, I think. To make I honestly think there's play. only six sides in the whole NFL who wouldn't mortgage the whole franchise to have a player like Sean Watson. The six teams being Bills, who obviously have Josh Allen, the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, Chargers with Justin Herbert, uh, Ravens with Lamar Jackson, that would be it from the AFC, NFC, yeah. the Seahawks, uh, maybe the Cardinals, seven. And then Packers. I think that those would be the only teams who wouldn't consider really just completely yeah. 
stripping the team bare to get someone like Sean Watson. I couldn't argue with that. Every one of those other teams, um, and you're right, that includes teams with, with current Hall of Famers, effectively, Saints and Bucks, would absolutely take some for the next 15 years. Includes teams with starting quarterbacks who we think are pretty decent. People like um, Baker Mayfield, people like Rivers, um, yeah. anyone else. Like Jared Goff, I, I'm sure if the Rams thought they could get Deshaun Watson, they would trade Jared Goff. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, if I were the Vikings, I'd give Kirk yeah. Cousins and two firsts for Deshaun Watson. I, 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 he's, he's worth that. The thing is, like, at the new GM, like, the first thing you do isn't going to be trading Deshaun Watson. That's the no. only thing with this, is that Deshaun Watson can't really... He can ask for a trade, but that certainly doesn't mean that they're going to do it. And it's going to be a massive decision for the new GM, as his first, always his first thing to do, trade Deshaun Watson and maybe cut uh, JJ Watt. That's the other rumour coming out. That'd be, that'd be ridiculous. And it, it's, it's that off-season that's already going to be incredibly exciting with quarterback movements. Um, but that would be completely blow anything out of the water. I did like that moment. Um, then if you saw it on Mike, then probably mic'd up, but it was JJ Watt walking off the field with Deshaun Watson after the last game and just being like, I'm sorry, we've wasted one of your seasons. Yeah. And of him acknowledging how, you know, you wouldn't say that to, uh, you know, to, to, to Tua or to Sam Darnold or to a young quarterback or to a kind of uh, Carson Wentz. You would say it to someone that you knew was going to be great. Yeah, or and at some point, a blot on his record. That, oh, yeah, remember when he was at the Texans and they were awful. You know that that's going to stick with him now. Not clearly not fault of his own because, as you say, he's gone to the Pro Bowl. Yeah. But but you know, um, acknowledgement from JJ Watt of how great he is, and you can see why JJ Watt would also be like, "I want to be at a franchise where I've got a chance of winning." Yeah, that doesn't feel like what the Texans are going to be. Um, but the opposite, as we've said, is the Bills, where they are completely set up to win now and to focus everything they can on giving the players. Uh, the best chance they can. And I hope that their OC ends up in a Jets jersey. <laughs> Just quickly before we move on from this game, do you think the Colts have any chance? In Buffalo? I mean, Philip Rivers has a lot more playoff experience um, than Josh Allen. I don't think that will phase him. I think for them it will just be any other game. Yeah. And, and, and the Colts have been kind of, I mean, they have ended up winning 11 games kind of slyly. You know what I mean? Like, like I look at the other teams that have won eleven games: Ravens, Steelers had that amazing start, Chiefs, Bills, Dolphins got to ten. I guess I wouldn't have necessarily striked me at Colts. Obviously, their division rivals weren't particularly good, and Texans and Jaguars. But they have won some big games. They beat the Steelers. No, I don't. Think <laughs> they do. I don't think they do. I'll be watching it. I'm excited. They um, um, they got pushed pretty close by Jacksonville last game of the season, and had not been for their rookie running back Jonathan Taylor. Who, yeah, and they needed to win as well. So that's yeah, um, yeah. I don't, I don't give them much of a chance, um, no. honestly. So that's our our AFC. We both have uh, Ravens, Steelers, and Bills progressing. Um, which just to to wrap that up would mean uh, that the Ravens would face the Chiefs, um, which would be great. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and the Bills would face the Steelers, which, which I'd also love. Yeah. Um, one, one far more a kind of grinding, I think, tactical, probably low-scoring matchup, uh, and then Chiefs-Ravens could be pure fireworks. Yeah. Um, uh, and I'd love to see both those matchups. So that's our kind of uh, AFC. I don't know if anything else I want to highlight there that happens in the AFC, the last game of the season. Um, I don't think anything 
no. massively significant. We saw as Dolphins got blew out, that ended their chances. Um, we saw the Bengals get absolutely destroyed by the Ravens, 38-3. Uh, that was a kind of a, a non-event in terms of a competitive fixture. And yeah, the Chargers got that win against the Chiefs, 38-21. Good for Justin Herbert. Uh, good for the Chargers that ended with a four-game winning streak. Um, they still proving... lost their coach, though, Anthony Lynn. They did lose him, yeah? Yeah, so he's been, yeah. been let go. Um, which, which makes sense, because there's so much potential that wasn't got out of that team this year. And the year, uh, probably. And Chargers fans have got to be happy with how this season's gone, with what Justin Herbert has shown them. Absolutely, like far and away, rookie uh, offensive player, offensive player of, the, of the year for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think um, JJ um, Justin Jefferson would yeah. be, will be up there, maybe maybe runner up, and maybe yeah. even Jonathan Taylor as well. He broke the Colts rookie running record, rushing record. But ah, oh, Justin Herbert, he's going to be he's going to be awesome if they can get that coaching coaching. Yeah. That coaching. I, don't know, I don't know if it proves that he necessarily was a better pick than Joe Burrow yet because Joe Burrow it's hard to compare when you didn't get a full season yeah um, and he was looking impressive with less of a I think he had less to play with work with than Chargers did um, although Chargers had more of a um, dysfunctional coaching staff um, <laughs> but yeah I mean uh, Justin Herbert does like an incredible talent uh, and I think that's all that came out of it oh yeah it was an incredibly exciting pointless game between the Raiders and the Broncos <laughs> uh, where the last four plays were completely mad it's, it, my memory is not long enough to remember exactly what happened uh, but that was kind of entertaining to watch um, but yeah anyway other than that most of the excitement was in the NFC to be honest uh, with how the playoffs were forming so that's the AFC talked about and then the NFC you might as well move straight on to uh, why don't we start with the game that's today Tom uh, or the first game that's today which is Rams at Seahawks, the other um, all-divisional uh, playoff game, uh, where the Seahawks are three-point favourites. And I kind of agree that, to me, uh, the Seahawks are a team to win this, winning the division by two clear games with 12 wins, um, four losses, a couple of weird losses, like just the Giants. Um, but the Rams, is Jared Goff fits? do you know, Tom? Yeah, he's playing. He's recovered from a, a fractured and dislocated thumb right. to, uh, to come back. He... Um, he was throwing a few balls in the warm-up of the game, before the game versus the Cardinals, and there were like rumours that he might be um, he involved. But they brought in um, Wolford into the yeah. game in a must-win game for the Rams and a, an even bigger must-win game for the Cardinals. Uh, and he absolutely lit it up. Kyler Murray got a high ankle sprain almost within the first five minutes. I know. Which, which wrote off the Cardinals because their backup quarterback was nothing compared to Wolford. But this Wolford guy came in. I think this year has been the year of the backup quarterbacks. Maybe in, a, in an off-season weekly episode, we'll review how well or poorly the backup quarterbacks have performed over the season. I'm trying to look through the teams, actually, very briefly. I and mean, think of what teams haven't played a backup. So let's just do, while we're on the NFC, quickly look through. Washington, yes. Giants, yes. Cowboys, yes. Eagles, yes. Russell Wilson's played the whole season because he doesn't ever miss a game. So fair play to him. Rams, yes. Cardinals, yes. 49ers, yes. Packers, no. Rodgers has played the whole year. Bears have switched back and forth. Kirk Cousins has played the whole year. Uh, so did Matt Stafford with the Lions. Saints have played backups. The Bucks haven't. Panthers have. Falcons haven't. So I'd say almost 75% of those teams yeah. have played multiple games were backup, which is not what you usually see. No, no. And I reckon the, the numbers will be very similar in the AFC. Yeah. So I think an off-season week left so we can review the backup quarterback situation. Wolford... Put on a show, to be fair to him. I was watching it, just willing the Cardinals' defence to make a play. 
and it, it, just, it just came up good on third and short or whatever. And I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and to be fair to Sean McVay, he got more and more track. He threw a pick. First, his first attempt in the NFL, he threw a pick. <laughs> and that shows sort of his uh, maturity, his strength to come back from that. And you got to tip your hat to that. But Sean McVay got more confidence in him. Kyler Murray came in right at the end. He barely moved, could barely move, put his team in position, 10 points down to get a field goal, move within one score, and the field goal was charged down. Um, so that's how the Cardinals missed out. I don't think they'll be too disappointed. Eight and eight, it, it was an up and down season for them, essentially. But they're, they're still in a rebuild phase, and maybe next year they can make a charge of it. Um, but it does mean that the Rams play the Seahawks with Jared Goff maybe being a bit iffy. I think three points is a bit, is a bit generous, to be honest. A bit, bit generous? Or you think that, it should, it, that, that, that really the Seahawks should be bigger favourites than that? Sorry, yeah. I meant um, generous to the Rams. I think the yeah. Seahawks should be much bigger favourites. I agree. I agree. I think briefly on the Cardinals, I think we're both going to agree on this. Um, our team from each division that we're most sad not to be seeing in the playoffs, I think both of us would say Cardinals Yeah. Uh, for the FC, which, which sounds like we're giving them too much praise. We're a team that lost eight games. But they did give us some incredible moments. And there were games where you thought they should have been... There were a couple of games where they didn't show up. I think the games where they just did not... Oh, you can't lose to Detroit, can you? Yeah, games like that way, they just disappointed us. And we can't, we can't kind of vouch for them there. And some games where they were very unlucky and kind of showed a bit of immaturity. Um, and then I think in the AFC, we were both big fans of the Dolphins. Um, yeah. and, and the way they've improved year on year. Uh, and it was going to see them. Is it, is it, talking about not just teams we like, but teams that really had a shot at making it. Um, and just didn't quite close it out. But I agree with you. I think the Seahawks for me are more than three-point favourites. Um, I think it'll be exciting to see another matchup between Jane Rams and DK Metcalf, which hopefully oh, will be yeah. a, a matchup for years and years to come in this division. Um, Metcalf obviously going to the Pro Bowl, uh, as, we, as does Jane Ramsey. Jane Ramsey an All-Pro. Um, so, yeah, just a top, top matchup there. And there were games like this. And it was the same with um, uh, John Doe Hopkins against Jane Ramsey last week where you just know that it's going to be the same uh, safety on the, on the same wide receiver because they're just yeah. so good that only kind of each of them, oh, that only that player has a chance at guarding him. Yeah. Uh, and it really tests the quarterbacks to see what else they can work with because it almost closes them out of the game sometimes. That's the disappointment sometimes, don't you think? Yeah. Is that, like, they guard them so well that they don't even get thrown to because it's like, well, he's covered. But there's just no point. Yeah. Um, so it will really test Josh Wilson's ability, which I don't think will be a problem for him, but to use the rest of his talents like Tyler Lockett um, and the rest for me it's that a Seahawks go on and you go Seahawks I'm going Seahawks so you go, you go. Well, I'm just thinking you know like that, that Rams defence now you've mentioned it is so good so they were number one in the NFL they were number one rush defence number three pass defence number one overall and their their defensive coordinators sort of picked for a lot of the the head coach jobs and he's done a superb job this year if they can get to Russell Wilson that offensive line's not brilliant and if Jalen Ramsey can lock down uh, DK Metcalf, I don't know. It all depends how fit Jared Goff is, really, for me. Go on. I'll disagree for the first time today. Okay. I'll say the Rams, it'll be a shock. A shock win against the Seahawks at the Seahawks Stadium. But it's going to be their defense. I think their defense is going to get pick six. And that's going to change the game at some point. Aaron Donald, three sacks. He's going to get on a roll. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they've got players. If they show up, I agree, they can make it very, very awkward for the Seahawks. The Rams are the only team in the NFL this year um, to concede less than 300 points, uh, which over a 16-game season uh, is very impressive. The only other teams have got close to that 
uh, were kind of the Steelers because of that start where they were just their defense was unbelievable. Uh, and I think the other team that got close to it, just looking now, the Ravens only conceded fewer than three actually. Um, but yeah, Rams defense is very, very impressive. I think it'll be a tight game. I actually think a lot of the, I hate to say this, I think a lot of the divisional games in the NFC haven't been great. Do you yeah. agree? Like we've hyped them up and we've been excited about it every week. And that's not to say the teams aren't exciting, but they've almost played each other so much now and know each other so well. Um, that often it is, does make for a very, very tense encounter. Um, I'm watching it tonight at nine, and that's our first disagreement, uh, at which point I'll move to the next game that will take place uh, in the NFC, which is the late game tonight, the Bucks, who are somehow the fifth seed, travelling to the fourth seed, Washington. Now, this was uh, exciting last week in terms of what could have happened to lead to playoff implications. So, obviously, it started with the Giants beating the Cowboys, uh, which neither four. of us picked. Pardon? Which neither of us picked. No, nope, neither of us picked. Uh, the Giants beat the Cowboys 23-19 to put the Giants in with a chance of winning the playoffs. So it went to the single late primetime game uh, where Washington uh, hosted Philly. And Washington won that game 20-14. to But all the controversy was around uh, Jalen Hurts, of course. And, and Washington got themselves into the playoffs. Well, you know what the controversy was, was that Jalen Hurts played three quarters, got them within six, yep. and then he was taken out of the game. Yeah. He was replaced by the third-string quarterback who Doug Peterson said all along he's going to play a quarter. And he was, awful, he was awful, really. Like, poor guy. Like, great to get a chance in the NFL. We'll go through backup quarterbacks in the offseason weekly. We'll talk about this guy. Um, and he couldn't make any sort of plays. And the last quarter, which should have been so tense, just sort of limped away. And Washington somehow found themselves in the playoffs, having had the most incredible year, Washington. So they obviously had the second pick overall. They got rid of their coach. Sorry, their coach had uh, cancer this year. They didn't even have a team name yeah. in the offseason. And they went for the number two overall to in the playoffs. And, and to win seven games, which yeah. is, a, you know, to win seven games, only one less game than the Bears, only one less game than the Cardinals. Like, an impressive season come the end of it. Um, and and to win Alex it. Smith, comeback player of the year. Oh, yeah. Well, it came out from the dead, actually. I mean, <laughs> incredible, incredible for him. And obviously, their, their, their season was kind of... Uh, the landmark point was that win at the Steelers to break the Steelers' uh, oh. unbeaten record. And that gave them so much buoyancy, I think, um, to really go on and secure their playoff spot. Saying that, I, I can't see them. Yeah, as Tom's just typed in, as he often does, as I'm about to make a prediction into the thing. Uh, I can't see them beating the Bucs. Uh, the Bucs really have showed their form and the Bucs do beat teams of losing records uh, very, very consistently. So I can't see the amount of playoff experience in that Bucs team. Like, even though the Bucs haven't made it back consistently, you brought in Antonio Brown, who's now in such good form. You've got Brady and Gronk. I can't see uh, the Bucs not winning fairly comfortably. And they're the second biggest favourites uh, over this wildcard weekend, they are 8.5 favourites to beat Washington. And Tom, I don't think you can see it going any other way, despite Washington's season. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a great storybook uh, year for Washington, really. I think Alex Smith's story is brilliant. Ron Rivera's story is brilliant. Um, and maybe next, next year, they bring in a quarterback who can, who can really push them on. They'll still get... Actually, no, now they've got the playoffs. They won't have a great pick. Um, yeah, the best pick they can have now is 14. But, uh, but so... Um, yeah, you can't look past the Bucks, And you said they haven't, they haven't come in great form. They've won four straight. They've started scoring points for fun. And I honestly think the Bucks are the team to watch in the NFC now. We spoke last week about how great 
a um, a Brady versus Rogers NFC Championship game yeah. could be. Ah, the Bucks are in tremendous form. They're finally clicking on offense, as you said, getting all their weapons going. Gronk, Antonio Brown. Sorry for a bit nasally today. Sorry, I will. A bit. That's all right. No, I, think, I think what I was trying to say is I wasn't saying quite that they were in bad, in great form, but they had the team themselves as a as a franchise haven't yeah. been in the playoffs. Um, oh, 13 years, is it? Yeah, for, for a long time. It, I think the last time they were in the playoffs uh, was the last time uh, that Tom Brady wasn't, um, <laughs> which, which, is, which is pretty mad. Now, this is the first year uh, the Patriots aren't, and therefore Brady, Brady effect brings the Bucks back into it. And I do think that they were a team where at the start, like, okay, they won a couple of games. Oh, wait, they lost both games to the Saints convincingly. Um, can they beat a good team? But now I think they're, stuck, they're in the form where they probably can. Uh, and have done. And I think the fact that a fifth seed um, has, has no bearing on it. They will beat Washington, I think, fairly comfortably, um, which will then... Oh, wait, but you know, Tom, because they are the fifth seed... Oh, will they not play? They, it, it, well, well... It depends the, who else wins. It, it depends who else wins. If the Rams or the Bears win, then they'll get to skip the Packers uh, until the NFC Championship game. However, if the Seahawks and Saints seeds three and two win their games, it will send the Bucks uh, to Green Bay in the divisional game. Now, obviously, the, the, we haven't got to the Bears-Saints yet, but I think we both preliminary expect the Saints to win that one. So, basically, it really rides on that Rams-Seahawks game, which I think will be close. I mean, you know, Tom just picked the, the Rams to win. The Rams win, then the Bucks most likely go back to the Saints for their third game of the season uh, against New Orleans, whereas, yeah, otherwise... Uh, they'll be in Green Bay. So there's great matchups all around. Tom Brady's either going to be playing Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees uh, oh, in the next awesome. round. It's yeah. awesome for Tampa Bay as well, with the prospect of the Bucks going to a home Super Bowl as well. Also, uh, I, think, I think shout out to, I think I saw a post about it, shout out to old quarterbacks, showing that <laughs> even though we get all excited about Kyler Murray and about Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence next season. Especially in the NFC. Yeah, especially in the NFC. Quarterbacks in the playoffs this year that have played 15 or more seasons in the league. You've got Tom Brady, you've got uh, Drew Brees, you've got Philip Rivers, you've got Ben Roethlisberger, uh, and obviously, yeah, so, and Aaron Rodgers, of course. So, like, really putting it out there for the old guns, showing that really age is, is not the most important factor. It's just pure accuracy and consistency. And it's probably what you want now, is you want experience in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, would you, would you actually... Against- well, it's yeah, I guess whatever. Would, would you rather be going in to the playoffs with? I'm trying to think. I don't want to count Philip Rivers because I don't think he's had as much playoff experience. With Ben Roethlisberger or Baker Mayfield, a pure quarterback. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger. Sure, yeah. Baker's had a, a better year, probably. I mean, the Steelers' wins have been a huge amount of defensive work and, and groundwork, but I'd still take Roethlisberger in a one-off game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely shout out to the old quarterbacks. Um, but what were we saying? We were on Bucks Washington. We both hit the Bucks to win um, comfortably. We think, yeah. Uh, which takes us to our last game. Yeah, last game to predict. It's very, it's very weird, Tom, isn't it? Suddenly predicting six games instead of sixteen. Yeah, I kind of like it though. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like it too. I like it too. We get them like, oh, this is this is a uh, remarkably well. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, we are talking about Bears at the Saints. Uh, Bears, mine and Tom's. We almost we've given them so much shit, Tom. Honestly, <laughs> We've just hated on the fact that, you know, we've got the Bears in these playoffs over teams uh, such as the Cardinals. It doesn't really feel fair. 
and the Vikings um, and like well, and, oh, okay, but well, Cardinals we like, but other teams that we that probably should be in it, yeah, sure, the Vikings, um, and I would still maintain the Falcons. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I've, got, I've got to, uh, but yeah, the, the bear the Bears managed to manage to creep in, obviously, despite losing, uh, which is always also feel shit to lose a game and, and get in. Obviously, it was Green Bay, but. Um, but Bears at, Bears at Saints tomorrow night at nine. Saints the biggest favourites out of any game uh, in these playoffs. Ten point favourites. Um, and all, the only thing I can see is if Khalil Mack gets to Drew Brees early with those very, very fragile ribs that feel like chopsticks at the moment. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, you know, if he rattles him there, that could rattle the team um, if, if Brees starts to look shaky um, and he hasn't got his deep ball kind of up and running. Um, but that's only me trying to kind of devil's advocate. I don't actually think they've got a shot, do you? Well, like, I was, I was going to say, the, Washington, the only way Washington can, can push the Bucks and Brady is if their defense scores, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Their offense isn't great. Um, it's amazing that the Saints are heavier favorites against the Bears team, who are 8-8, eight and eight, um, before their loss at the end of the season. were on, yeah, a pretty good streak leading into the playoffs. And yet they're getting way less points than Washington, who only went 7-9 and nine and were relatively poor for a yeah, lot of the year. Um, yeah, you're right. The defense has to come up for the Bears, and maybe a little bit of trickery, some smart plays for Mitch Trubisky uh, by Matt Nagy. He's essentially saved his job with his running, um, yeah. and the fact that he picked went back to Trubisky. Oh, what is Trubisky's record this year? Like, he's probably only lost a handful of games. Yeah, he's probably seven and two or something. I imagine. Maybe, maybe King Mitch is going to come up trumps against the Saints. That would be ridiculous. Yeah. At the I'm Saints looking, as well. I was looking through the teams. They, they also they don't have the, the real home field advantage that the, the Dome normally gives them. No, no, true, true. But <laughs> the teams that are in the playoffs here and the kind of point differential. You've got the Ravens, who, yeah, should 11 and 5, but their point differential is plus 165 <laughs> over this year, which I think is actually the biggest... Uh, point differential. We might you look at someone like the Bears, they are two. plus two. Two. Plus two. And meanwhile, Washington are plus six. Um uh and yeah. Mitch Risky has has really impressed this year when he's come back, especially the amount of a stick, the amount, you know, which we've said a huge amount of it comes from him being where he's picked. Yeah. You know, you know as he picked did, he nothing to do with. Which has nothing to do with, but when you get picked above the Sean Watson and Patrick Mahomes and they have the, the careers they're having at the moment, their Pro Bowl uh you know, selections it is it is tough, but yeah, um, they have to do something very special on defense. Mitch Trubisky have an almost have, would have to have an almost perfect game. Alvin Kamara has to be kept extremely quiet. Uh, <laughs> yes, for, for any shot here for the Bears. Yeah, uh, his so it sort of ties back to the 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 notes about the the old quarterbacks. Um, last three years, amount of playoff wins for quarterbacks taken in the first round zero. Wow. Yeah. So in the last three years, any quarterback taking the first round has never won a playoff game. So that sort of, again... It, it kind of makes sense because yeah. only crap teams are picking quarterbacks in the first round. Yeah, but you're meant to be picking the like, great ones. So people who are going to be in the playoffs now in those three years, Baker, Lamar, Josh Allen. So maybe you're expecting to get some wins now. Yeah, true, um, true. But still, it sort, of, it sort of adds weight to the idea that you want an experienced guy. You want Drew Brees in here with the Saints at home. And it's not just Drew Brees. I mean, they got, they got almost everything, don't they, down there? I mean, Michael Thomas, who was on everyone's books, the best wide receiver 
has had a terrible year. So if yeah. you think about that in context, how good they are, yeah. they should make easy, easy make, making of the Bears. Yeah, the Bears have only won one game this year against a team with a winning record, and that was Tampa back in week five when they were definitely still somewhat finding their feet. Drew Brees is completely 5-0, and 10 touchdowns, zero interceptions against the Bears over the last 10 seasons, whatever he's played them. <laughs> Uh, the Bears are the ninth team to finish uh, eight and eight and on a wild card spot. Uh, the previous eight are two and six in in the playoff game they they play, and the Bears haven't beat the Saints since two thousand and eight. All the, everything points to uh, a Saints win, which is why I end up being a really tight game um, because that just always seems to happen uh, in the playoffs. Talking about just go back to a point just then, Tom, about uh, first round draft picks not winning playoff games. Are the Jaguars winning a playoff game next year. <laughs> with Trevor because, Lawrence maybe the best, <laughs> the best quarterback to come into the NFL out of college you know whatever ever in all these different rankings well we could touch quickly on um, now we've just summed up all the playoff games looking forward to that we will touch quickly on the um, the college playoff game very quickly yeah why not yeah um, the first one was Alabama against Notre Dame which was a massive victory for Alabama their star wide receiver Deontay Smith I think Deontay Smith or Devontae, Devontae Smith. Yeah. He got the Heisman, which is pretty remarkable for a wide receiver. And he'll, he'll go top 10, I reckon, to one of the teams who doesn't need a quarterback and needs a weapon. Um, can you imagine if he went to uh, Miami or something like that? That'd yeah. Be um, but yeah, they, they breezed through. And they're their quarterback as well. Um, got into the Heisman finalists. And he's not rated as highly as the likes of Trevor Lawrence, as we mentioned, Justin Fields. But he could fall to a team later on in the first round, maybe. Yeah, he's seen as kind of like the fourth. Because um, yeah. there's the BYU guy, his name just escaped me. Uh, z- z- go on. Zach? Zeke? No. I think it is Zach. It is Zach Bradley, I want to say. Give me about a, sec- a second on my computer. Uh, Wilson. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Um, so so him, him and Justin Fields are very different quarterbacks. So they're kind of seen as the, um, uh, the next tier. Uh, that being hello. said, that being said, what happened to the Clemson game versus um, Ohio State with Fields against Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, well, that that was an unbelievable uh, game to watch. Actually, the first the first I have to admit the first college football game I've watched this year uh, in full. I've watched a few highlights over the year, but the first one I watched in full. Um, and Justin Fields absolutely electric, um, as I talked about earlier with the uh, Clemson play caller not available. He took a bit lost Trevor Lawrence. There was a bit of an issue where the, the rock of the Clemson defense was done for um, targeting, uh, where basically he just plants his helmet in uh, Justin Fields' uh, ribs. Oh, it looked so painful. It was horrendous. It was, and it, uh, funnily enough, he also uh, was ejected from the game for targeting in last year's national championship um, against LSU. So the only two games Trevor Lawrence has lost in his college career have been when this guy's managed to get himself ejected. <laughs> uh, which is which is a phenomenal little stat for that guy. Uh, when everyone looks back on Trevor Lawrence, is incredibly impressive, thirty-four and two uh, college record. Um, but yeah, Justin Fields was very, very, very good, and he came back from being hit um, and continued to go off, which was impressive and something you have to cope with in the NFL uh, when you get sacked regularly by you know big, big uh, players. So Will yeah. was interested in this game because obviously with the number two pick and Trevor yeah. Lawrence, the consensus number one, Will wanted to see. Am I going to love Justin Fields or am I going to be happy with Sam Darnold? That's the question, really, for all Jets fans now. And you saw Messery saying, I'm all in on Fields. Let's go. Yeah. He's awesome. He played through broken ribs or heavily bruised ribs. 
Yeah. Uh, but I think you've somewhat rethought. Yeah, it. I said that at the time because I was very excited because I, I was desperate for him to have a great game. I was desperate for me to feel better about the fact that we weren't getting Trevor Lawrence. I kind of wanted Trevor Lawrence to have a poor game to make you feel myself feel a bit better. And at first, like, yeah, I'm all done. This guy, this guy's amazing. And then I realised that it's. I probably would have said the same if I'd seen one of Sam Donald's best games. I don't think I would have reacted any differently back when he was in college. The point is that there's no use having a great quarterback, whoever they are, if you don't give them wide receivers, if you don't give them an offensive line. You can literally put anyone there. You know, if you put, if you put this, I don't know who you think's best quality, put Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady um, in the Jaguars team this year, I don't think they'd have got to the playoffs. I don't think they'd have won, you know, six games. It, it's, it's irrelevant. You have to give players weapons. I think it's almost as good as Justin Fields might be, it'd just be a waste of a pick to take him and not use that pick uh, to improve the, the, both the offensive line and the defensive line that needs help, especially the offensive line. Well, especially um, when he thought Sam Darnold was so good three, two years ago. Like, there's nothing to say he's not good. He's just been in a shit team with a shit coach. And Adam Gase is gone now. That was, that was a few days ago. Yeah, and, and, and with fear, thank fuck. <laughs> and we're, now, we're now interviewing. I lo- one thing I love to I've got to say, is the fact that you know who your team's interviewing. Yeah, yeah, they announce it. Like, yeah, we have interviewed X and Y. So you, you hear the rumours of they're going to try and talk to you know, X, Y and Z, like you say. But they fully announce. So we currently talk to the Chiefs offensive coordinator. Uh, we've talked to the... Uh, basically, I want, I want an offensive guy because I think Sam Darnold needs that help. And the issue hasn't actually been conceding a stupid number of points. Yeah. It's been failing to score stop. And so, but then saying that, uh, Robert Saller, the... the the 49ers defensive coach is such a character. I kind of would love him. Uh, and we've interviewed him. And then we've randomly interviewed the Arizona State, my, my alumni defensive coordinator. No. Kind of out of nowhere. He's an ex, ex-Bengals coach that so didn't get to the playoffs in like seven years when he was their coach. I'm not on board with that. I'm not really sure the thinking behind that. Um, but everyone's interviewing the Titans offensive coordinator, the Bills offensive coordinator. These guys are going to go places. Um, the, so uh, the Rams defensive guy. And the Rams defensive guy, exactly. Um, so the, those came, you talk about the quarterback carousel, but it's kind of a coaching carousel where there were like, what, six teams, I think, looking for coaches? Yeah. Um, and, you know, basically these six or seven, eight guys are going to go somewhere um, by the looks of it. And, and we'll see what happens. But in terms of, yeah, in terms of my, my final theory here on the Jets is that I think we should trade up uh, for picks, let someone else take quarterback. Trade back on, for picks. Trade back. Oh, yeah, trade back. It's kind of weird. <laughs> trade up, trade back. You're trading, yeah. You're going up. It, it's hard to, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, Take yeah. back the picks. Um, give Sandard one more year with arming him with what he needs to be armed with. And if he doesn't prove himself, we'll end up having a good pick then next year again. <laughs> and then you take a quarterback. Um, but that, that's just what I'm thinking. But who knows what Joe Douglas has got going on. Uh, and we'll talk far more about it and we can commit whole shows to it. I don't want to give, fill you with Jets uh, depression. Probably um, going to in the off season. <laughs> oh yeah, I absolutely am going to. But we'll have to because we have to put. We'll have to do our, our, our top ten draft order, uh, and we'll end up, I'm sure, uh, talking about them in depth. I think that's that's about it, Tom. I mean, yeah. I want to get watching these games. The first one uh, kicks off in 35 minutes, uh, which is that uh, Colts game at the Bills, uh, and with and with some fans. And when we've we've hit playoff football, and I'm I'm excited for it. No, absolutely buzzing. It's been a great show, and it's just got me really excited for the weekend. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll get this uploaded. We'll, we'll see the tally on. We'll, we'll be uh, messaging back and forth, I'm sure. And uh, hopefully we can, we can uh, get you on the socials and we'll be back next week with some uh, divisional games and we'll see the Chiefs and the Packers in action after a bye and that will be exciting as well. So good show. 
we'll talk to you next week and uh, yeah, stay safe. Route. Down the sideline, it's caught, touchdown! Brady pumps, looking for Brown deep, and throwing for...